definitely wants us to sit down and review or evaluate at times our lives. And I think that includes our homes. I think it includes our finances. I think it, our activities, business or businesses that we're involved in. I think our ministries. I think God likes to have us stop for a moment and assess things. And it's evident that the Lord was a planner. When you go and you look at creation in the book of Genesis, it's evident that our Lord was a planner. He planned out, and in six days, he created the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day, he rested. But you can see a plan put in place. And I think as we look at creation, it's clear to us that our God was a planner. And I think the scriptures encourage all of us to live our lives, our jobs, our projects, our finances, our relationship with the Lord looking at them and assessing them for us. Now, how does that happen? Well, for God to look upon us and assess things, we've got to involve him in every aspect of our life. We have to turn things over to him and we have to bring them before him. And I challenge you, when is the last time you took your job to God or the last time you took a project to God or the last time uh, you took your finances to God? When is the last time you laid them before the altar of his feet and said, Lord, would you help me uh, with this? Now, the scriptures teach in 1 Corinthians 14, 40, let all things be done decently and in order. Now, I don't believe our God's not a planner if he's going to place that in his scriptures. I believe he is someone that goes out, assesses, looks, and plans, and then proceeds forward. In Luke 14, 28, it says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? And I think Nehemiah had a major task ahead of him, and the Lord didn't want him to approach this haphazardly, but he wanted him to work out a plan and then once you work out a plan, you have to not only plan your work, you have to go work your plan. And if you do that in your life, you'll see God working because God is not the author of confusion, not at all, but God, I think he likes order. When you read the scriptures, things are in order. Uh, you see God doing things in an order in people's lives. And I think that is something that he passes on to us. And I believe when Nehemiah went over there, I think he had the principle maybe that we read in Proverbs where there is no vision, the people perish. I think he went out and he assessed everything. He looked at everything. He looked it over. And I believe maybe perhaps in his heart, he went out and saw what needed to be done. And he didn't communicate right away, but he sat back and I think he not only assessed it, he saw the obstacles that were going to be there, but he did an evaluation. He did an assessment. And I think he stopped for a moment and sat back and figured out how are we going to approach this. You know, a leader does that. And I want to encourage every father that's in here tonight that you're a leader in your home. And you need to take a look at everything in your household. And you have to assess it and evaluate it according to the scriptures and look to God to help guide you in your thinking and in your ways. So here's the thought tonight. Do you take the time to consult with the Lord and evaluate, evaluate maybe what you need? Maybe evaluate what you are, have already done maybe? <laughs> And maybe evaluate what you're going to do. And ask God to help you with your planning in your life. Now, in the life of a Christian, I think there should be a continual mode of evaluation. And God's direction should be in every aspect of our life. We should ask God, Lord, is this what you would have me to do? Now, you say, well, uh, preacher, I'm just going down to the store to get a loaf of bread. <laughs> well, I'm saying consult with the Lord. Talk to him on a regular basis. You have opportunity to speak to the Lord and listen... God is the one that directs the steps of the man. And we can find that in the scriptures, and we'll see this here shortly. So using Nehemiah as the basis of evaluating God's direction, we want to apply this principle to our everyday lives. And I think 
God wants us to look at our homes. I think He wants us to look at our plans. I think He wants us to look at our business or our ministry. And we want to look at it in light of Scripture. We want to look at it in light of God's guidance. And so this is kind of where we're going to take this this evening. So take time to evaluate your home. And that evaluation is important. Uh, I believe the place Nehemiah called home was in need of repair. And a transformation was going to take place. And therefore, he needed to assess the situation. When you look at this, he says in verse 13, I went out by night. Uh, out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well and the dung port, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem. Sometimes take a step back and assess what's going on in your household, in your family's lives, in your personal lives. What is your relationship like with God? What was it like this year, and where do you plan on going? Now, listen, we'll plan a lot of things in our lives. We'll plan our, our retirement. We'll plan make sure that we put money into that retirement. We'll plan vacations. We'll plan all those things. But what about planning your time with the Lord this year? Have you stopped for a moment and just stepped back and said, let me evaluate where we went this year, and let me see where we're going with God this year? Evaluation of your home, I don't believe that's about you uh, reviewing uh, others in a critical manner, but I do believe that it's seeking uh, God and making sure that your household, the things that you do, are in alignment with God and His will. Now, as men, <clears throat> I want to challenge, especially the fathers in here, you ought to sit down and look at your household and see how things are going in your household. And as you look at your household, are you walking in the will of the Lord and are you helping your children, your family, your household to do the same? Now, Nehemiah went out to assess the situation and see what the Lord would have him to do to move forward. And uh, more often, we move forward without seeking God. And I want to challenge you with this. I don't think Nehemiah moved forward or went out and reviewed this without having consulted the Lord first. I want to challenge you to do just that. Before you move forward on things, seek the Lord in these things. Now, uh, men and ladies, uh, let me encourage you to evaluate your life according to the Scriptures and to determine godly, necessary changes. Make those tweaks. Change those things that are necessary. But what it takes is an evaluation first. You have to step back for a moment and say, what's my relationship like with God? Have you ever stopped for a moment and considered what your relationship is like with the Lord? Are you walking with God as you should on a regular basis? Are you, are you in the Scriptures? Do you have a prayer time? Do you have a devotion time? And listen, I'm not talking about having a checkbox life, but I'm talking about a real-life relationship with your Savior. I believe Nehemiah had that, and when he went to assess what was happening on that wall, he was walking closely with the Lord. He had already prayed and fasted and sought the Lord in this thing. He wept over this. He sought the king. He got the materials that he needed. He went out and he assessed the problem and saw what was going on. And he, as he went out by night, he's doing this evaluation. He's looking at things. And what direction would God have him to take? Would you turn in your Bibles to Romans 12 for me real quick? Romans 12. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, very familiar verses to us. If I start them, you can probably just say them without looking at it. But I like folks to really think about what you read. When you're reading the Scriptures, remember, one, this is the Word of God. Number two, God's Word will not return void. I want to challenge you whenever you get into the Scriptures and you're reading the Bible to think about what you're reading. When he says this in this passage, I beseech you therefore, brother, he's saying, I urge you, this is an urgent matter, and he's saying, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. 
This phrase, I think we take lightly sometimes, but he's saying that what I just shared with you, that's just your reasonable, this is just what you should be doing, your reasonable service. This is just what you should be doing. And then he goes on and he says this, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I look at that verse and I say, when I look at my home, when I look at my family, when I assess things, and I look at this verse and I'm saying to myself this, be not conformed to this world. How many things in my life and in my family's life are being conformed to the world? How many things in my personal life are being conformed to the world? And how many things in my family's life is being conformed to the world? We're just like them. There's no difference between us and them. You couldn't tell uh, by the way you're walking or by the way you're living that there was any difference between us. Now, I noticed this. He said, be not conformed to this world, but here it is. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So as you read the scriptures, how do you renew your mind? What is it that you would do to renew your mind? What, what would... Make the difference in where you are now and changing your mind, renewing your mind, rethinking where you are. Well, that's only going to come through the scriptures. That's only going to come through by what you're reading. And to do that assessment, to do this evaluation, you've got to turn to God. And to turn to God is to allow God inside your mind. Let this mind be in you, which is also in what, folks? Christ Jesus. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. When you're trying to renew your mind, what is it that you're doing? Well, you need to replace world philosophy, world thinking, and the way man thinks, and allow that to be pushed out. But what's going to be pushed in should be Scripture, renewing your mind. That you may prove what is that good. Now think about this. What is, what is showing God, what is demonstrating to God, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I think when Nehemiah went out and he assessed this gate and he viewed the walls of Jerusalem, he saw that they were broken down, he saw that they were consumed with fire, he knew there was a big task ahead of him, did he not? Sometimes when you step back from your life for a moment and you realize, you know what, I'm not aligning with God the way that I should be, there might be a big task ahead of you. So where is Nehemiah going to go? Is he going to depend upon himself or is he going to depend upon a God who created the heavens and the earth to help him with this? And so you have to decide in your hearts and minds, am I going to allow God to help me this year really make those necessary changes, to make those tweaks, to do those things that might make a big difference in how I see my Lord and how my Lord is working in my life. And I believe Nehemiah wrote around the wall. He saw that the areas were weak and needed to be replaced. I think he looked and saw what needed to be repaired. I think he looked around and he said, there's some things that are just going to have to be removed and some things are just going to have to be rebuilt. And I think in my Christian life, when I sit down with the Scriptures sometimes and I read the Bible, I look at some things and I think to myself, there's some things that need to be removed from my life. <laughs> there are some times I sit down and I look at the Scriptures and say, you know what, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to have to rebuild in this area because I'm not doing well here. And there are times where sometimes you have to replace things and you have to repair some things. Growing up, I grew up in a household. I had five brothers and four sisters. We listened to all kinds of music. I listened to uh, everything uh, from the Glenn Miller Band to uh, ACDC to Metallica. That was all in my household. I listened to all this kind of music as I was growing up and, and it was embedded in my mind so I knew everything from the Bee Gees to the Beatles. 
And so all these things were injected into my mind as I was growing up. After I got saved, I needed to do something about that. Do you know why? Some of that stuff is infectious. <laughs> it's cancerous in some ways, but sometimes it distracts your mind from what is right. And how do you replace that? And so God talks about a putting off and a putting on process. And he, if you go to Ephesians, you realize that he says, put off the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your what? Change your thinking. And that you put on the what? The new man. And so when you think of this this year and you're saying to yourself, what, what is it that I do? Well, what do you need to replace? Are there some things you need to replace in your life? I needed to replace the type of music I was listening to when I grew up. After I got saved, I realized, now, my pastor didn't beat me down. He didn't come into my house. He didn't throw my albums out. He didn't do any of that stuff. He didn't scream at me. He didn't yell at me. But he began to minister to me. And as he ministered to me, I realized there was a replacement that needed to take place. Now, I like music, but I needed a different kind of music in my life. And so he helped me replace those things. Not only that replacement, but to repair some things. Repair what kinds of things? Well, maybe some strained relationships that I had with other people. Maybe, maybe repair my relationship with my spouse in some areas. Maybe, maybe repair some things in my life that were necessary. And, and, and the thing of it is, is the Word of God is what teaches you to do those repairs. And I began to think about it. Some things just needed to be removed. I had a friend named Mark O'Brien, and, and uh, I asked him to come to my house and bring his Chevy S10. I told him I wanted to get rid of my record albums. <laughs> now, I'm not telling everybody this is what you have to do. I'm just telling you what I did. And he said, you really need my pickup truck to get rid of your stuff? I said, yeah. So he brought it over, and I collected one band. I collected a lot of one band. But what we did is we began to fill that S10 up. <laughs> And I had records and CDs, and I had store displays, I had all this stuff. But the back of that S10 was heaped over like this when I got done. Couldn't believe we had all this stuff. And I decided I was going out to a field and listened. Somebody told me, they said, well, you should have taken that and sold it and given it to the church. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Does that remind you of any scripture? <laughs> Why would you pour that over him? You could have sold that and given it to the what? You could have given it to the poor, right? And I was thinking to myself, in this case, if it's hurting me, why do I want to give it to someone else? And so we took it out to a field, and, and uh, Brother Chris, I never realized how volatile gas was until that day. And I, I piled all that stuff up. And I went over, and I began to pour the gasoline on it, Jim. And I went, Shpoof. I had no idea it was going to do that, by the way. I was pretty dumb. And, uh, but I remember this. <clears throat> I remember when I did that, that I saw this dark black smoke going into the sky. And for the first time, after I'd been saved, I finally felt like I was free. I think that was holding on to me, and I was holding on to it more than I wanted to. When I got rid of those things, and, and those things were now absent from my life, I felt like I could serve God. I remember walking into the auditorium, and hearing turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace like I'd never heard it before. But God did that. I didn't do that. God did that for me. And so sometimes maybe there's some things in your life that just really need to be replaced and removed and maybe some things need to be rebuilt. Now your life and your lifestyle are different. When you look at Romans 12 too, 
It tells us to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind as you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, God's looking for something out of you. And you say, God's looking for something out of me? Yeah, he is. (laughs) He's saying to you that you need to have a change in thinking. You don't need to be conformed to the way the world is doing things. You need to be transformed. When you think about being transformed, you're changing, are you not? It's changing from one to the other. And then actions that you take ought to be different. Romans 8, 13 says, for if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Now, to mortify the deeds of the body is the word mortify. That's where uh, we get the word mortician from or to put to death. So when you read that passage in Romans 8, 13, he's telling us there's some things that need to be put to death, but you can't do it on your own. It says that the Spirit does this for us. And so it says, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body... You shall live. And there are some things that need to be put to death. I think not only our life and our lifestyle, I think not only our actions, but our speech ought to be different. Our speech as Christians ought to be different. In 1 Timothy 6.3, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words. What kind of words ought to be coming out of a Christian? Wholesome words, right? Wholesome thoughts, wholesome words. Even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which is according to godliness. So I think as a Christian, if I'm evaluating my home, if I'm evaluating my life, I'm asking myself these questions, and I'm saying, am I following these things that I'm reading in the Scriptures? Am Am I living that kind of life? Am I being that kind of example to other people around me? You say, this man just went out to view the walls, Pastor. No, but he was doing what God had called him to do. He was being led of the Lord, and he went out to do this evaluation, but he was going to do it according to the will of God. Are you living your life according to the will of God? Isn't that what he told us in Romans 12 too? It's what he's sharing with us. Your speech is different. If any uh, man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think our thinking ought to be different. Would you agree with that? We ought to think different than the world does. We ought to have different way of thinking. In 1 Corinthians 2.16 he says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. (laughs) We have the mind of Christ. He didn't say there's a hopeful thought that you might have it, but we have been given that. In Philippians 2.5, let, uh, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. There's a different way of thinking now, is there not? We don't think like the world thinks. We think the opposite of that. Your reactions are different. Romans 12.21, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with what? Good. It's a different way of thinking, isn't it? And you say to yourself, does God want us to evaluate things? I think the answer to that question is absolutely. Just as he sent this man out that night to evaluate this work that was ahead of him, I think we have a work ahead of us. And we ought to evaluate some things. We are to be transformed or to be taken over by something that is altogether different than the world system and a philosophy of man. And I think Nehemiah had to analyze the physical condition of the wall. We must take the time and the tools provided to us to spiritually evaluate our homes. I think we need to do that from time to time. Part of that evaluation is us and my life and what does it look like in the eyes of God. Analyze the present condition and then make the necessary changes. Sometimes you've got to replace, sometimes you've got to repair, sometimes you've got to remove, sometimes you've got to rebuild, but you have to do those things if you're going to live the kind of Christian life that God desires for you to live. So take time to consult with the Lord and evaluate what you need 
what you've done and where you're going as a family. I say assess your plans. Uh, take time to evaluate your plans. The obstacles are going to be there. They're going to come. But you have to sit back and look. And here Nehemiah says, Then I went on uh, to the gate of the fountain and to the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. It doesn't say, and then I turned back and quit. I think he got off the beast because he said, Then I went up by night by the brook, and I viewed the wall again. He came up with another plan. The obstacle was there, but he didn't let the obstacle stop him from fulfilling the plans that God had set before him. And so he went on with his plan. And as we think about this, Nehemiah had to choose an appropriate time to go and assess the wall. And and this was for the purpose of making sure uh, he was going to utilize his time wisely. And I think in our day, I have something that I do every day. I I come in, I have a time that I want to pray and get along with God. Sometimes it gets changed by the Lord but I like to be alone with God sometime during the day. And I I like to get alone with Him and talk to the Lord, and I like to consult with God and find out what is my day supposed to be made of. And you say, well, what time do you do that? I'll start texting you when I get up, and you'll find out. Amen? (laughs) And so I'm sure some of you get up at that time, and, and some of you are probably already working at that time, but it's a time that I believe that I like to get alone with God. And to get alone with him to assess what are my plans for the day. How many of you go to bed the night before thinking about the plans for tomorrow? (laughs) And then sometimes they never unfold. Because it doesn't happen or it doesn't roll out the way that you thought it should. Let all things be done decently and in order. Nehemiah went out by night to gauge what needed to be accomplished so that he could plan appropriately, and you need to have a time with your family, a time that you spend, not just quantity. I'm not talking about quantity. I'm talking about quality time with your family. And gentlemen, when is the last time you sat down with your family and talked to them about family goals? Talk to them about their goals. Talk to them about direction in their life and, and, and what you're going to do as a family this year. How are you going to serve God this year? What are you going to do uh, as far as devotion time? Are you going to get together? Is there going to be a planned time in your household where we're going to sit down together as a family and we're going to do this thing? We're going to have that planned time. You say, well, I live by myself. I'm saying sit down and have a planned time with God. Get alone with Him. Assess what God would have you to do for the day. Think about it. Pray about it. And spend some quality time. Spend some quality time with your family about their lives and their direction and their goals, what they want to achieve. And also work with your family on how to entertain yourselves. Be careful what you're entertaining yourselves with. Be careful what you're entertaining yourselves with and not allow the world and its ways to creep into your home. And, and listen, and then we, the, we do it and we say, well, it was fun, it was entertainment. We've got to be careful. I think we have to be careful with what we're doing. This is an evaluation that I think God encourages all to do when it comes to our activities and our plans. And I think evidently Nehemiah was uh, not going out to viewed a wall in terms of what are the activities that we're going to do. But I think he went out because he knew that the Israelites needed some protection. And gentlemen, sometimes you are that protection in the household. You're the ones that's there for your family. I think when Nehemiah went out and he looked at this, and it wasn't just about making sure that the Israelites weren't in involved in inappropriate activities, but I think it was an appropriate plan for the future of Israel. And at times, there are plans that have to be put into place so that we can protect our family. We've got to watch over our families. We have a responsibility before God to do just that. 
And, and as you think about this, he went out, he's planning, there were obstacles, but it doesn't mean God was trying to stop him. He wanted to see if he was going to continue to forge ahead. And this brings all of us to the necessity of establishing what I would consider some biblical standards in our home and in our church. A home and a church without any standards, I think is like a ship without a compass. You don't know what direction to go in. And what is that compass? That compass is the Word of God. That's what's going to keep us on track. That's what's going to keep us going in the right direction. I thought about build protection walls. You say, what are you talking about? In Job 10, the Bible says, Hast not thou made a hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. You say, well, that's what God did for him. But I believe Job was part of helping to build those walls around his house, around his home, around his life. And we need to think about making godly plans. In Romans 6.13, the Bible says, but yield, not yourselves, uh, or, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Think about what you're doing. And, you know, when we talk about your instruments, your mind is an instrument, is it not? <laughs> and is it being used for God or is it being used for things that are going to cause you to stumble and to fall? As we look into the scriptures, build protection walls for your family, make godly plans for your family, and then get scriptural guidance. Acts 17, 11, they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. You know, I think when Nehemiah stood before the king, and it says at that moment he prayed, that wasn't the only time Nehemiah ever prayed. <laughs> you go back and you look, and you can see he spent time with God. And he prayed, and he fasted, and he wept, and he sat down. He thought about things. And I think as he approached the king, I think he approached this wall in the same manner. He was not, not looking for God to lead him. He was looking for God's direction for the plans for this. And there were obstacles that he was going to face, and we'll see that as we get into the book. There were many obstacles in Nehemiah's way, but Nehemiah continued to work toward those things that God had called him to. And in fact, at one point, they tried to call him down off of the wall, and he said, I cannot come down. I have a work to do. I have something to complete for God. They received the word with all readiness of mind. I think when Nehemiah got the call from God, I think he open-mindedly said, yes, Lord. <laughs> When God's trying to guide you or try to guide your house, are you willing to say, yes, Lord? <laughs> yes, Lord, I need to change that. Yes, Lord, I need to remove that. Yes, Lord, I need to rebuild that. Yes, Lord, I need to repair that. Yes, Lord, that needs to be removed. Am I willing to do those things with God? As you approach this new year, ask yourself, are you willing to do that? You know, standards of life and your lifestyle demonstrate godly character sometimes. So what is my godly character like? What does it say about me when I'm out in the community or when I'm out and about? What does it say about my character? I believe whenever you're in the Word of God, it produces Christ-likeness. It keeps you in line with God's Word. And I think it causes you to think differently and therefore you act differently because you think differently. You think according to truth. <clears throat> I think Nehemiah took time to evaluate his plans and then work the plan according to the will of God. And we're to do the same thing for our life and our life and uh, in the life of our family. I think we need to do just that. When I look at this, it says in verse 15, Then I went up by night by the brook and viewed the wall and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley and so returned. He continued on. He didn't stop. And sometimes I think we allow things to enter into our lives and it causes us to become crippled and we 
we stop, we get frozen in time rather than continue on. And I think one of the things when you plan for your family and you've pl- these obstacles come up in your household, it's not time to quit, it's time to get up. <laughs> you know, I used to share with my brother all the time as I was in school, I said sometimes school for me was making it from one failure to the next without losing enthusiasm. Because <laughs> we fail in life, do we not? And the guy who stays down is the guy that's not going to move on. He's going to stay right there. But I think sometimes to be successful, you have to go from one failure to the next and not lose sight of what God's doing, not lose sight of what he's doing. Take time to evaluate and consult the Lord. Evaluate what you need, what you've done, and where you're going as a family. And the last thought is this. There is also a need... to assess your work. Take time to evaluate your business or your ministry. And I think communication is very key in this. If you look at this in verse 16, he said, And the rulers knew not whether I went or what I did, neither had I as yet told it to the Jews, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. There are times where you have to know when to communicate something. And sometimes we'll jump and we'll communicate too quickly. As I shared with you, Bill used to tell me, he would say, I got a pumpkin ball for a brain and a hair trigger for a lip. I I say things too quickly. And and sometimes take time, listen. God said, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to what? Wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And sometimes you just got to take some time to really assess things and learn how to communicate. As a Christian, it's needful for you to evaluate or assess your business or your ministry to make sure you're maintaining the goals the Lord has set forth, not just my goals, but what has God set before me as a family, as a church, as a business? What is God leading me to do? Not just how do I feel about this. And by the way, we run off of feelings a lot in our nation right now, do we not? Everybody's talking about how you feel all the time. And I'm thinking to myself, why don't we work off of facts, truth, that would be very helpful. And I believe you can allow the influence of others to change your thinking And you notice that Nehemiah was careful to not speak too quickly before going to the Lord. He he chose just to hold back for a while. I think he went out, he saw what needed to be done, he assessed things, and he kind of stepped back for a moment. And he began to look at things and do the same thing for your own household. Do the same thing for your own family. Do the same thing for your own life. You know, what does that take? Well, it's necessary to review your business. But when we're all driven by sight... I don't think we have faith anymore because it's all about what I can see, not about what I cannot see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? Not seen sometimes. We can't see it. Does that mean God's quit working? (laughs) No. No, not at all. I think Nehemiah went out and he began to do these things. And I think in your own life, you ought to assess your income in your household. You ought to look at one quarter to the next or one week to the next or whatever it takes, one month to the next, one week to the next, one year to the next. But I believe God wants you to assess what you're doing with, really, His money. What are you doing with God's money? And God's giving it to you, and what are you doing with God's money? Notice Nehemiah was careful after the evaluation to not make mention of it all to these men. And I I think sometimes we can quickly become fearful when it comes to the work of the Lord because sometimes we're just driven by what we can see and not what God's doing sometimes. (laughs) Well, this is what I see, therefore this must be all reality, but I never consult the Lord, I never turn to God. Can you imagine how Gideon felt 
How many times did he flip the fleece? <laughs> How many of us are fleece flippers? I flipped. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. <laughs> wait, God, are you sure? God, uh, wait a minute. And we have all these things that we want to bring to him. How about Moses when he went up to the mount? Why? Well, I, 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 I can't even speak, Lord. Oh, that's okay. I got that taken care of. I've got a guy named Aaron I'm going to send with you. Uh, okay. God had a plan, didn't he? God was saying, I'm going to remove the obstacles. God said, I'll get somebody who will communicate for you. I want you to think about this tonight. To ignore what is happening in your business or your ministry, I don't think that's wise at all. That's not what I'm talking about. But we ought to plan things according to God's will and not our own. And as I come to this, many become fearful and fail because they become frozen and they don't want to let God evaluate them. They don't want to make the changes. They don't want to adjust. They don't want those restrictions. And how many of you feel like that? If I sit back and I assess things, it's going to cause restrictions in my life. And the reality is, is I think it sets you free a lot of times. It'll give you liberty you knew not. All of us must bring our ministry, our business before the Lord and look to Him and ask for His guidance and leadership for what to do. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I have just a few verses here. I'll give you these and we'll finish with this tonight. If I start this, you know this. Trust in the Lord with all thine what? Lean not to thine own what? In all thy ways, and he shall direct thy paths. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I know we know it. I didn't say you don't know it. I said I know you know it, but I'm saying, do you practice that? Do you use that in your life? Do you really trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and let him direct your path? Do we really do that? You know, Jeremiah 10, 23, he said, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man to walk and to direct his steps. When you look at this, and he knew not whither I went. He didn't rush out there and say, hey, guys, guess what I just did? I think he stopped for a moment. He talked with the Lord because, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walk and to direct his steps. But I think me and I had this opposite principle in him, and it's this. Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man were ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. I think Nehemiah is saying, okay, Lord, what direction are we going in? What are we going to do, God? I think he was seeking the Lord in that. Now, make sure your business or your ministry are brought to the Lord regularly. I encourage you to do that. And whenever you have troubles, when you have problems, think about this. How many of you take your problems, take your issues, take your struggles, take your trials, and really do? Can you imagine, <clears throat> take into consideration King Hezekiah, what did he feel like that day? We want to talk about feelings for a moment. I wonder what Nehemiah, or Hezekiah felt like that day when he received that letter. The Sennacherib is going to come in and he's going to just blow him off the map. And, and, and he gets this letter in his hand and it doesn't say he went over in the corner and wept and started crying and said, oh, woe is me. Do you know what it says that he did with that letter? He took it in and he spread it before the Lord. Now, I want to ask you something. How many of you have gotten news that you haven't liked in time past? Maybe you've received something in the mail, or maybe you've gotten a phone call that you don't want to hear, or maybe something like that has happened, and we're quick to react to it sometimes. But maybe, just maybe, God lets that enter into your life, and he wants you to take that very thing and spread it before the Lord. 
Spread it out before him. Let God take a look at it, amen? Let God get his hands on it. And, and listen, when you do that, you're letting God get his hands on you too, amen? So whenever you take that thing and you lay that out before God, it says here about Hezekiah, he said, And Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel. And then it goes on into verse 16. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which hath sent him to reproach the living God. Uh-oh. What did he do with his problem? He took it to God. <laughs> How many of us are quick to find an answer without ever consulting God about what we should do about the problem to begin with? <laughs> and what I'm challenging you with is this. And the rulers knew not whither I went or what I did. Neither had I as yet told it to the Jews, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. He held back, didn't he? Because he knew something big was coming down the pike. <laughs> and he knew the task seemed insurmountable. But I believe he didn't let the obstacles get in his way, and I do not believe for a moment that he didn't evaluate what was going on. And when he did this assessment, he realized it's got to be important how I communicate this message, because when I communicate this message, it's going to change the course of what's happening in Jerusalem. And we know the end of the story, do we not? In 52 days, it was done. Amazing story, isn't it? What man could not accomplish for many years, God took a group of people who were willing and one faithful leader and said, let's go get the job done. Let's pray.